The president didn't know about it, other than the parts he knew, which was nothing. And, and clearly, no campaign finance laws were broken because Trump was going to pay Stormy Daniels or not, regardless of the election. And this massive, tiny payment was chump change that also made her rich. You can, you can trust Rudy on that because he's an expert on campaign finance, even though he knows nothing because he just started on the case like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, uh, somebody asked if, uh, Trump and Rudy are playing three-dimensional chess and, uh, <laughs> Joe Scarborough said this morning, it's, uh, I think the game is throwing a monkey, throwing his poo against the wall, <laughs> <laughs> which I've heard suggested is the strategy. Could be. Um, uh, they also were going big on MSNBC today that Giuliani is clearly, uh, senile and that Trump knew it. They, they say, they they know personally people in the Trump orbit who said the reason Giuliani didn't get a job in the White House in the beginning, because a lot of people thought, is he going to be the attorney general or secretary right. of state or Frequently whatever. Frequently mentioned, yeah. Yeah, it was because Trump had said out loud to people, no, he's lost a step. He's not the Rudy Giuliani he used to be. Huh. Which is weird then that he brings him on now, in which he does look like he, he might be past his mental peak. You know, I, I yeah. Mm. MSNBC will say anything. Whether it's true or not. Well, I was just going with my own observation of him looking like he's right. past his mental peak. Right. I, but huh. I, I got to admit, if this has been a strategy, it's been an odd one. Hmm. Um, Again, I think, I've yet to see a TV lawyer who thinks that he's helping the thing. Right, right, yeah. And I just I, I think the whole thing's silly at its core. All right, there's that. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with old Rudy. So I like to check the New York Times um, uh, most popular section. It's the stuff that people are reading the most or sharing the most from the New York Times. And this past week, I'd come across this article, didn't read it. I did read it when it turned out to be the most popular article over the weekend that people were reading and sharing. Happy birthday, Karl Marx. You are right. Was the article that people were reading and sharing the most in the New York Times. Wow. Over the last week or so. And um, it's uh, it it quotes with glee some of the statistics you brought us last week about how young people um, uh, are so happy with socialism. Mentioned Hillary Clinton talking about how many socialists there were in Iowa and how it hurt her coming out as a capitalist Clearly. in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And uh, and make some arguments for why. Uh, well, mostly the arguments are how capitalism is not working right now. And there are there are some. There are some questions like no no economist can seem to figure out with unemployment so low and the economy growing so fast why wages aren't moving. There's no agreement on that. You know, I've read stuff that I find pretty convincing on that topic, but <clears throat> I'm not arguing for socialism. Right. Just... Well, oh, I know, I know you're not. I, uh, uh, I, yeah, I think there are plenty of good reasons why r- wages haven't started to rise yet. Mostly people who are under, underemployed. The the numbers there are pretty impressive. And we import a brown underclass in this country to handle uh, starter jobs, beginning level jobs. You'd, you'd think that would throw things We've out of whack. Distorted, I mean, if we were importing millions of tons of illegal wheat, what do you think that would do to the wheat market? Do you think that would depress prices? I wish we of could. Of course uh, it would. I wish we could run a computer experiment or go to a parallel universe where you don't allow. Uh, millions and millions of illegal laborers to come in and see what it does to the economy. Mm-hmm. It would be, it'd have to be quite a bit different. Wages be, would be different. Some jobs would have been eliminated by machines because it would just have been cheaper. All kinds of things would have been different. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, but <clears throat> that's interesting. I didn't read that article. Uh, maybe I should go back. The, uh, the Federalist 
had a, a dealio. I don't think it was in response to that. Um, it also talked about no, how CEO salaries are a gazillion times the average worker, which didn't used to be, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 82% of all the wealth growth in the world went to 1% last year. Right. Those kind of statistics. Yeah, and there's a lot of crony capitalism that bothers those of us who are liberty lovers. And I think the great flaw in a lot of lefties' arguments is that we need to invest the government with more and more power. Then it will represent the little guy. And then when the government gets more and more power, they represent the people who give them money and and crony up with them and make each other crazy rich. It doesn't work the way you think it does. Yeah, if you're a Milton Friedman fan... Yeah, go to Washington, D.C. as an individual and and go uh, petition your government. The libertarian god that is Milton Friedman, he was every bit as worried about fake capitalism as socialism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So often, and and listen, uh, god dang it, there's plenty of of malfeasance and greed and and law-breaking and make and writing of laws that shouldn't exist on the right but um so much of what is cited as the failings of the free market isn't the free market at all it's the opposite of the free market it's 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 twisting government to the service of the super rich which will always happen if you give the government enough power but anyway it's the other mark stuff that i'm most interested in but i will save that until you're done okay just real quickly um the iowa caucus entrance poll Last time around, found Sanders, oh, Bernie Sanders garnered an overwhelming 84% of the 30 and under vote. Exit wow, polls from New Hampshire. Huge. Exit polls Against from New, Hillary. That's right. Wow. In New Hampshire, it was 85%. She should have looked at that alone and thought, I'm in big trouble. Right, right. So 84, 85% of the under 30s. Uh, millennials are simply not alarmed by the idea of socialism. For instance, a national reason slash group survey found that 53% of 18 to 29 year olds view socialism favorably. 53% compared to only a quarter of Americans over 55. I suggest you head to Venezuela and see how it's working out. But a more recent uh, January YouGov survey. Can we have uh, our favorite baseball announcer on this topic when we get a chance? That would be great. (laughs) That would be great. Somebody have that? I'm getting a lot of blank looks. A uh, more recent uh, survey found that 43% of respondents younger than 30 uh, viewed socialism favorably compared to 32 thinking favorably of capitalism. So it was about even. Um, here's the interesting thing is, um, first, it seems that millennials don't seem to know what socialism is and how it's different from other styles of government. Uh, CBS. Were you taught that in high school? I wasn't. No, absolutely I got nothing, not. which is amazing. How in the hell? Do you graduate high school without any teacher ever explaining to you the differences between capitalism and socialism? God, that seems like something you ought to learn every year and deeper as you go along. A CBS New York Times survey found that only 16% of millennials, 16% could accurately define socialism. And and I'm thinking CBS New York Times didn't, it wasn't like an exam question at a political theory class where you had to nail it. I think if you came pretty close, they'd sure. probably give you credit. Uh, while 30% of Americans over 30 could, uh, incidentally, well, I don't want to distract, but um, 56% of Tea Partiers accurately defined it. Those who identified as blah, blah, blah. Um, it seems that those most concerned about socialism are those most able to explain it, and the opposite. Those most enthusiastic about it don't know what it is. So, I don't know. hmm, I'm troubled about youth's enthusiasm for socialism, but in a different way than you might think. 
I think it's going to take root and giant, wasteful, exploitive, controlling, oppressive government will take root while the youngsters think they're getting something else. So I don't think they're actually trying to implement socialism. I think they're trying to implement some sort of college classroom unicornian vision of fairness and sharing without an awareness of what socialism inevitably becomes. So one way or another, we're screwed, but... Kids these days, they're so dumb. You had something about Marx? That was that was ironic. I do was have, being ironic. You're do, no dumber than I was. Do we have... <laughs> I was dumb. Trust me, I was dumb. Do we have the great Vin Scully on the topic of socialism? Do we have that? No, we don't. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to talk about the cu- more cultural aspect of it uh, in just a second, because I think that is taking hold more than uh, the of economic Marxism? stuff. Yeah. yeah, big beards. We're already seeing that. <laughs> Everywhere you look. Yeah. Watch the NBA. Yeah. Everybody's got a beard. Karl Marx, the father of the big beard. Yeah. Hmm. Most women I've heard from don't really like the beard. Hmm. Do they fear it? Are men wearing it for other men mostly? (laughs) They fear the beard. Because they like rocking it. That's why you have a beard. Because you like it. But most men do stuff that women like. Nah. Nah. Babies. (laughs) Giving up on it's that. It's because you're, you're P-whipped. Hmm. Uh, so I'd, be, I'd look like I was in ZZ Top if Judith hadn't forbidden it. <laughs> oh, if I could do it, I would. My wife is thankful every day that I can't pull it off. Um, don't blame phones for narcissism among the young. Blame 2,500 years of culture. Maybe this will fit in with my Marxist discussion. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. about socialism as it seems to be making a comeback in that article in the New York Times. Happy birthday, Karl Marx. You were right. Um, that got uh, was the most read and forwarded article in the New York Times over the weekend. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. God bless you, Vin. You're missed. <laughs> Commenting on socialism during an at-bat. The great Vin Scully managed to reset before the next pitch is thrown. You know what? This person texts, and I had the same experience. I was assigned Animal Farm in the seventh grade, and not once did the teacher explain what communism is or what was going on in the book. It was just a pointless story about talking animals. I really didn't understand You're it. You're kidding. I had the same experience. We oh read it. God. There was no explanation of what it meant or anything like that. It was just kind of confusing to me and not that interesting. Wow. Wow. Today's the anniversary of the end of World War II. Never had a word about World War II my entire education. And never wow. explained to me you what socialism is. Somebody. And never explained to me what socialism is. Wow. How does that happen? That's, it's, it's terrible. Hmm. Uh, reading Animal Farm was the formative experiences of my youth. Mm, meant nothing to me. Now, maybe I was just a dullard. Maybe they explained it to me and I didn't get it. That's a, that's a very good possibility. Easily distracted. Were we? Did we have a comic book t- tucked in our, <laughs> our three-ring binder? Oh, one thing I was going to mention before I move or on to something Or a copy else. of Playboy. 
The Marxism stuff I find most interesting that I see grabbing hold uh, more than I would have ever guessed. The economic stuff, okay, that's one thing. But the the idea that you've got to challenge or tear down everything because it was put in place by uh, males, um, and, and now in the modern area, white straight males. Right. Now we're getting on to intersectionality. Reading a little bit from this article, uh, happy birthday, Karl Marx, you are right. But enlightened or rational thinking is not enough since the norms of thinking are already skewed by the structures of male privilege and social hierarchy, even down to the language we use. We have to challenge those norms at the very foundations of society. This is the idea that college debate uh, debates have fallen apart where people right. say, I don't acknowledge any of your rules or any of the facts, facts that you're stating. and logic have no role here. Those. Because they're, they're your white male construct. Right. Okay, what right. do we do now? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the idea... We speak our truth. The idea of Marxism that you have to break down the whole idea that, you know, you should have a mom, dad, and kids, and they should be a unit or anything, anything right. that's been believed for a long time, all needs to be torn completely down. Restructure it according to the theories of old Weirdbeard. Sure. Great. Good idea. Let's so do it. That's the stuff. Million years of adaptation, trial and error, tradition. Let's tear it all apart. That's the stuff I would have never guessed would have caught hold. Yeah, I know. The economic stuff, I can believe that would catch hold. Right. I can believe, especially when you're younger, you'd believe, you know, why don't we all work together and make more money? And so we'll split it evenly and that right. sort of thing. Well, as Thomas Sowell puts it so brilliantly, there are some ideas that are so stupid only an intellectual could adopt them. I had another point I was going to make. What was my point? I know I had a good point. Damn it, what was my good point? Was it about beards? It wasn't my lack of so being able to grow one. So if you attempted a ZZ Top beard, would it be just kind of um, kind of wispy and vagrant looking? Now you've or? you've seen the longest beard that I can get every couple of weeks. It just I'm, stops I'm practically growing there or? now. Yeah, it really? just stops. That's oh, it. that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know that much about whisker science. So well, I've asked. All I've, I know is my I, deal. I didn't know that either. I asked uh, some some woman one time about why you're, you know was she bearded? I just. <laughs> Yeah, she was quite. She had quite the heavy beard. Really? Yeah, hmm. very good looking, like thick. Really? Yeah, could be in a rock and roll band beard. No, about uh, you know long hair, this or that. Because I always thought women just chose how long they wanted to have the hair. No, for a lot of women, it grows this long and then stops. It won't grow any longer. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. How have I gotten to this point in my life not knowing that? I didn't know that either. Oh, so damn. it's the same with my my beard. It just goes about this far and then it stops. It doesn't go any further. Huh? Yeah, I know. Your follicles are uncooperative. By the way, you've been bearded now for how long? Positive, Sean? Um, More than a year, probably not quite two. So it's working for you. Yeah, I like it. Could you go longer if you wanted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to I have to trim it unless, it unless it get out of control and birds start nesting. Is yeah. there a reason you don't make it longer, just for our amusement? <laughs> um, <laughs> like a yeah, big, yeah. thick... I don't like it when it starts to, like, uh, encroach on the lips, right? Yeah. Like when I... Uh, you yeah. gotta trim her back. Yeah, but then at that what, point... What, you then, got scissors? No, I do. I have a beard trimmer. I have a, I have, I have a whole system. But at that point... Like, so trim it! Yeah, I do. That's why it's not longer. My hair grows. <laughs> uh, By the way, something. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, I enjoy, while it, there is different upkeep, I enjoy the overall act of not having to shave. Like the shaving around the chin in particular oh, is, a, is a pain. Yeah. Laziness, finally something I can agree with. So this guy, Donald Glover, was the host of Saturday Night Live. I didn't really know his act. Is he a, He is the son of Danny Glover? <laughs> no, he is not. Not. Okay, that <laughs> no. was a joke? Yes, yes. Okay. Here's an obscure classic rock joke for you. Bro- a brother of Roger Glover. Okay. 
about 5% of the audience enjoyed that. I'm, I'm not in Good that 5%. Good morning five, to you I'm, all. I'm, I'm not in that 5%. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so this Donald Glover person, he is in a number of hit TV shows. He's an actor, singer, and... Uh, yeah, he was originally a writer on 30 Rock and then kind of used that to, to begin his own acting, and now he's making his own shows. He's a huge deal. It's kind of funny. He mentioned several times that he had auditioned twice for Saturday Night Live, and they turned him down, and yeah. now yeah. he's a much bigger star than any of those people. Yeah, and, crazy, talented guy. And uh, hosting it. But so he put out... Uh, the t- timing with him hosting Saturday Night Live, this music video that's getting a lot of attention, I understand. I have not actually seen it, called This Is America, and it deals a lot with guns and violence and that sort of stuff, and uh, it's like super heavy and complicated, and you need to watch it a whole bunch of times to pick up on uh, what's going on. Is it on. like one of his music videos, or it's more of a documentary type it, it's thing? It's very much a music video, okay, right. and it's... There, there is a ton happening in the background, and that's kind of where the discussions around this video are starting. It's 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 really tough to explain. I, I okay. recommend right, well, people checking try. it out. All right. Yeah, we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com. With gun violence being the major theme, and uh, are we addicted to violence as entertainment? Is that part of the problem? Is it the guns themselves? You know, a lot of the questions we're all asking, but so he's taking that on in music video form. We have not gotten one tiny smidgen closer to anything on that topic have we mm, not more than that you know i hear a lot of people agreeing on various background check ideas but i haven't heard of anything actually happening a couple of states have implemented little things so you know maybe eensy weensy like you say but i don't know i just saw this headline Alyssa milano speaks out after being called a hypocrite for appearing at an anti-nra rally with armed security yeah that's a that's a common thing yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Do you see uh, more videos came out from Florida where it, it became clear that there are a lot of sheriffs that uh, that rolled up on that scene and decided to not run into the school? Mm, is that right? Yeah. And, um, oh, and the, oh, sorry, go ahead. That's, that, that, that's an interesting one. Now, there are uh, plenty of law enforcement agencies around the country that have made it clear, no, we will go in. That's that's our policy. I've talked to a lot of cops personally who made it infinitely clear that they thought that was bull crap what happened in Florida. And they were going in. And I know these guys. I believe them. Yeah. Hey, and the big headline today was that the uh, superintendent there lied categorically, or so it would seem, as to whether the uh, the shooter, uh, stupid angry coward, was part of the that deferral program they had. Or instead of getting arrested, you go for counseling, blah, blah, blah. He said, no, he was not part of it. Now he clearly was. He was referred to it. Um, he didn't actually attend the stuff. And and a lot of people are making a huge deal of that. Um, were you going to talk about that, Marsh? Or, go ahead. Um, you know, and that's interesting. I already knew he was a liar and the sheriff's a liar. To me, the interesting part yeah. is that they were so dedicated to that idea that this kid came to the attention of law enforcement over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And they wouldn't arrest him or put him into the justice system. Everybody's lying down there. That much is clear. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? New York's top lawman, champion of women's rights, stands accused of abuse in this week's coffee cure-all or curse report coming up minutes from now. Yeah, this attorney general in New York is a real sicko. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I just saw the video again of the lava from the volcano in Hawaii uh, going over a car. And as somebody pointed out, it doesn't cover up your car. It melts it down. 
Yeah. Obviously, it's you know hot enough to melt rock. It's certainly going to melt your dang car. Oh yeah, sure, of course it is. And yeah. You just, yeah. Wow. Goodbye, car. Hope we didn't have anything important in the trunk. Uh, let's quick get... grab the CDs. Nah, never mind. My credence <laughs> tapes. No. <laughs> let's get the news now, with Marshall Phillips. Well, the Manhattan DA's office opening an investigation into New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman. This after the New Yorker published a story about four women, two on the record, who accused Schneiderman of assault during relationships with him. Uh, during his career, he had presented himself as a champion for women. We must reimagine a world where predators are exposed and held to account, and survivors are supported and empowered at every level. Fast forward to now, and Schneiderman's denying the disturbing allegations made against him, but will still be resigning at the end of the day. Why would you resign if you didn't do it? Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those things, and I could be wrong, but the women's descriptions, just they, they sound true. Just the, yeah. the, the detail. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in there that makes you think, wait a second. You know, with a lot of the fake racism right. claims and those right. kind of things that happen, where they just sound phony. Right. These don't sound phony at all. Well, and, and none of them, as far as I can tell, are anti-this-guy's party activists or no, you know right. anything like that. So it seems legit. But he's a complete nutjob. Yeah. And one of the leaders of we've got to take on Harvey Weinstein. And finally, women get their voice and let me lead the parade. Right. Meanwhile, he's doing this sort of stuff. Right. Beating up any woman he has sex with. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, also a frequent parade goer. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, he was always, uh, you know, the women were saying, well, he would uh, be, he was a heavy drinker and uh, he'd get drunk and then he'd start to choke us and call us names and start hitting us. This and, guy's a porn addict. Yeah. I guarantee you. He's just, uh, yeah, ugly. Voters in four states heading to the polls today. Most closely watched race is the one in West Virginia where Republicans are selecting a candidate that's going to take on the Democratic Senator Joe Manchin in November's midterm. Former Massey Energy CEO <laughs> Don Blankenship making a strong run. And that's causing a lot of concern among Republican leaders. A controversial Blankenship previously convicted of a misdemeanor after the deaths of 29 men in a mine explosion that his company ran. Quoted as saying he's Trumpier than Trump, Blankenship is now in hot water over some other comments made in a new campaign ad where he says... Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell has created millions of jobs for China people. While doing so, Mitch has gotten rich. In fact, his China family has given him tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> Who says China that? people and China family. <laughs> talks like that <laughs> so that's a state trump won by 80 points yes with 80 yeah. percent of the point yes um so <laughs> what the hell was that <laughs> in the so, end so that's being well, do you want the yeah. substance of the charge or do you want to spend some more time on the hilarious syntax so that's his ad and now yeah. others are saying hey i would like to play my opponent's ad <laughs> what do you think of this yes. Whoops. in blankenship's ad he refers to McConnell's China family as in McConnell's wife, Secretary of Transportation, <laughs> Elaine Chow. Can I hear that again? Yeah, here. Hang on, let me cue this so up. So he's talking about McCon- Mitch McConnell's wife. wife. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and her family connections, which are significant. Here you go. Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell has created millions of jobs for China people. While doing so, Mitch has gotten rich. In fact, his China family has given him tens of millions of dollars. His China family. <laughs> so, did you see the debate the other night? I just watched a little bit of it. Just a couple of minutes. It was on Fox, and Brett Baer uh, uh, did it. And so you had the three Republicans running, and then one of his questions was, any of you here vote for Mitch McConnell for leader of the Senate? Not one of them raised their hand. How 
interesting is that? Yeah. Wow. Three Republican Senate candidates who wouldn't vote for the current Senate right. leader. Not terribly surprising in the state that went for Trump by 80 points, but notable. Not surprisingly, the state GOP has abandoned Blankenship, and President Trump is tweeting that West Virginia voters should, too, arguing he cannot win the general election in November. He does have a bit of a Roy Moore scent about him. Because of the way he talks about China people? China families? Millions of jobs for China people. What is that? <laughs> How many people heard that and said, yep, that's the rapid cocky prince. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How does that good end up take. on the air? Doesn't he have anybody in his campaign at all says, there's something about the word, I don't want to criticize, but the wording is just not. Good, How about I read Good the- take, blank. <laughs> Blanker. Good take. Solid. That one's in a can. We're done. <laughs> final, final decision. L.A. Judge. Rules coffee sold in California must carry cancer warning. You're oh, for kidding. God's sake. May cause cancer in California. You're kidding. No. Coffee. Superior Please. Almost all Shut adults up. drink every day. Please. Su- Superior Court Not Judge. Me, Team T. <laughs> Superior Court Judge Elihu Burrell issued his decision to Tell Starbucks. <laughs> The judge issued his decision. Starbucks and other company uh, coffee companies failed to show that benefits from drinking coffee outweighed any risks. The Council for Education what and Research... What kind of a standard is that? The, the, the Council... No, let's uh, start with Twinkies and move on to Coca-Cola. Well, right. How right. about bacon? How about virtually everything you can eat? We're going to do a, a case-by-case analysis. How about white bread? How about white wheat? How? Uh, come on. The Council for Education and Research on Toxics, a nonprofit group, sued co- coffee roasters, distributors, and retailers under a state law requiring warnings on chemicals that can cause cancer. Are you telling me all these people don't drink coffee because they think it's too dangerous? Or is this just some sort of, are they profiting somehow by making, is Starbucks going to be able oh, to just... Oh, yeah, wait a minute. There, yeah. is, there is a profit motive here, Marshall. Attorney Raphael Metzger, who represents the nonprofit, said he hopes mediation will lead to some settlement of the case that's been going on for eight years. If no agreement is reached... Another phase of the trial would determine civil penalties as high as $2,500 per person exposed each day since the suit was filed in 2010. Understand this, $2,500 per person per day exposed to coffee at Starbucks and other major coffee chains. This is a gigantic greedhead move that some moron or corrupt judge has let go through. Because I, I can't believe that these people actually don't drink coffee because they think it's too dangerous. Because the roasting process unleashes tiny bits of chemicals. Acrylamide. That if you b- b- pump 75 pounds yeah. of it into a three-ounce rat, it'll give them cancer. Right. So the attorney, though, is uh, you know giving the companies a way out. Perhaps we could sure. reach an agreement. Then we don't need to have the cancer warning because that's not really what it's about, I guess. Right. Super, super. Uh, coming up in a moment or two on the Armstrong and Getty Show, great guest about the our military developing swarming drones that will be launched from airborne aircraft carriers. Yes! Oh, look out. Take that, China people. There yeah. you go. That's your Radio news. China family. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscious of the nation. Swamp creature Mitch McDonald doesn't <laughs> vote for aircraft carrier drones.
That coffee story is depressing. Oh, isn't that unbelievable? The way we've overregulated ourselves into a space where greed head lawyers can just steal and well extort. Nine out of ten. How's your utopia coming along? Nine out of ten people on the street would say, "No, nah, that's stupid." Yep. Yet it happens. Right. Okay, we'll talk about these uh, these drone armies, drone air forces coming up on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I am trying to loosen my load every dang day. So is Dancing with the Stars Athletes Division currently going? Because I wanted to see that because um, uh, Tanya Harding's dancing. Oh, boy. I wanted to catch a little of that. Yeah, I believe uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't make the cut in oh, the most recent edition. Well, shame. he's gangly. Yes. I, uh, and very old. little advice to uh, Tanya's opponents if it gets down to just you and... And her, <laughs> watch your back. <laughs> no kidding. Please welcome Aaron Gregg to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Aaron is a uh, Washington Post Capital Biz reporter, and uh, he uh, wrote a really, really interesting piece the other day that caught our eye about an air force of swarming drones that could be launched from airborne aircraft carriers. Yes. Aaron joins us now. Hello, Aaron. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, we're terrific. So if we can combine this with a robot army, we're pretty much undefeatable, I guess. Uh, but, That's correct. That's correct. Tell us about this program. Okay. So basically what DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, is trying to develop is the idea of applying literally what it says, swarms of small drones. We're talking a few meters wide that would basically fly out of a C-130 cargo plane and... Um, as officials put it, overwhelm an enemy with volleys and volleys of swarms. Okay, um, so so uh, okay, I got to picture this. So when you said small, I was picturing like tiny because my kids' drones are like six inches across, but six feet across, pretty decent. Yeah, size. yeah, co- small compared to a jet. These are jet powered. These are not just quadcopters. These and are, are they serious military aircraft? And will they be shooting something, or does just the mere bulk of them alone smashing into something? What the uh, damage is that you do? Well, that, the, the military isn't talking too much about that at this point, <laughs> but I can tell you that they are designed to carry a pretty large payload. Um, so the idea is they so would... So am I, if you know what I'm saying. No, I exactly. don't. Huh? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> but no, go on, Aaron. I apologize for my co-host. Oh, no, it's okay. I mean, to me, one of the really interesting things about this is that we've seen drones applied to the counterterrorism fight over the last... 10 years or so, really the last 15 years, uh, through precision strike. Uh, we've all read about that, heard about that. But what the Pentagon is working on now would be really applying them to a fight against another country like Russia or China. That's really what this is designed for, is um, the idea that you don't want your expensive jet plane with a you know an American uh, pilot inside it 
flying into enemy airspace when it's really dangerous. You might want him to send 100 or 150 drones first to absorb the fire. I can fairly easily imagine a, a time when a manned fighter plane seems like a ridiculous idea. But uh, just really quickly, as a comparison, how big are the Predator drones right now, the big ones we send to hunt Al-Qaeda, et cetera? Um, I'm not sure of the exact specifications, but I know Make it up. It's talk radio. Fighter jet. <laughs> <laughs> it is smaller than a fighter jet, bigger than a quadcopter, and okay. uh, bigger than what DARPA is thinking for these swarms. The, the swarms will actually have foldable wings so that you can basically stack these things in the belly oh. of a cargo plane, uh, you know, on, in, the, in the order of dozens or hundreds, and then just have them sort of fall out. Wow, and, uh, hundreds of them. Well, and imagine if you're fighting a uh, you know a, a, a big a group of ISIS dudes, and you just send all these drones whacking them in the head and dropping stuff on them. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and I was picturing more like a, a Russian fighter jet or something like mm. that because you could yeah. certainly overwhelm them as well. Uh, Aaron Gregg of the Washington Post is on the line. Aaron, you reminded me in your excellent uh, article of the uh, the display of coordinated drone technology at the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and that's really sort of what DARPA is, is thinking here, is that commercial companies have shown what exactly you can do with drones at this point. Uh, with the technology we have, it's, it's just crazy to imagine what those would look like applied in a military environment. Well, I'm picturing, again, my scenario with the uh, the fighter plane confrontation. And if you unleashed 150 drones, armed drones, I mean, what is the fighter pilot, the other guy, going to do? I mean, the idea of well, shooting them all out of the air is hilarious. It'll never happen. Yeah, I mean, one possibility is that he's got 150 of his own, and then that's what warfare looks like in the future. Is basically, right. you know, the, the manned pilot is basically just sort of an engineer who commands a bunch of little wingmen. Um, there's also the idea of actual, sounds crazy, but... Uh, you know, giant nets that would shoot out of a out of a plane or out of a uh, ground installation to just sort of grab these things. Uh, there's some idea that lasers might actually be useful for this because you don't need to waste ammo when you're shooting all these things. That's way off. The lasers we have are not, you know, energy efficient enough to do that. But just crazy, crazy ideas here that are pretty close to actually being used. Wow. Wow. Aaron Gregg of the Washington Post. Aaron, really interesting stuff, and, and we'll have a link so that folks can find your article really easily, but thanks for spending a couple of minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Well done. I'll be damned. Uh, well, and as he points out quite correctly, you know, the minute you come up with this, uh, countermeasures begin somewhere, somebody. Well, plus you ought to do it yourself. You ought to figure out, well, if we're doing this, somebody's going to figure it out, and we right. better uh, be ready to counter theirs by shooting giant nets out of the ground. Which sounds pretty Looney Tunes, and I mean that literally. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It does sound like, yeah, something Wile E. Coyote does. Yeah, exactly. All this stuff controlled by computers that that are then hackable, and then you're back to the whole cyber warfare thing. And then, you know, we defeat China and have a ticker tape parade in which a 105-pound programmer is hailed and uh, feted as the hero of the nation because he... Designed the software that enabled our drone air force and robot army to defeat theirs. Weird. This is the anniversary of the end of World War II in Europe. And, um, you know, if there's another world war ever, and I, I hope there's not. I mean, it doesn't seem like it could happen, but it didn't seem like it could happen in 1914 either. Right. And it did. So, yeah. But, uh, if there ever is, it's going to be a heck of a lot different.
No doubt about it. Yeah, I could pretty easily picture a multilateral, extended, complicated uh, fight, war somewhere, but it wouldn't get to the, the world war status because somebody would unleash a nuke. Right. Wouldn't they? Well, yeah, you can't I imagine. Mean, if you ever, if, I mean, if we did the damage we did to Germany and we're you know, crossing the Rhine and flooding into Berlin, at that point, Hitler would unleash the nuke. Or um, if you had a nuke as France does or Great Britain does or whatever, you wouldn't allow you wouldn't allow uh, Germany to completely take over your country and walk into Paris. You'd, yeah, you'd nuke. So, yeah, people would start throwing nukes around before that ever happened. Le nuke, as it's known. And then you deal with whatever's left afterwards? Sort through the rubble and trying to find something that isn't glowing. A whole bunch of uninhabitable areas of uh, previously very populated areas? Right. So it would take a real megalomaniac, and and it would take, I mean, we're more or less rational actors, the Western world. More or less. So (laughs) More or less, yeah. And so as you're marching toward, say, Pyongyang... Or Tehran. And you knew as soon as you crossed, you know, out of Tehran Heights into Tehran proper, they were going to unleash the nukes. I think you'd probably stop at Tehran Heights and say, all right, dudes, we need a settlement. We need to negotiate. Right? You would think. You would think. I don't know. I hope we never find out. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe the only reason there hasn't been a world war is because there are nukes in all these countries. That's a fairly uh, well-thought-of theory of international relations, yeah. Until the moment somebody does it, then everybody does it. Oof. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's known as the moment of holy F in political theory. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.